0: And welcome to the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Patria. Not solo today, with my good buddy, Harris Kamani. Really looking forward to it, Harris. My friend It is April 18th. We got three games to talk about. I, I want to ask how you're doing, but you're probably doing the same or feeling the same way I am. I mean, uh, you know, at least at least your your stars got to play a playoff game. But how are you? How are you, my friend?
1: Yeah, well, at least a good bit of one playoff game and then uh, we'll see what ends up happening from there. Well, we saw all these great debuts come through Scotty Barnes himself was coming through onto a near triple double and then got tripped up as far as his ankle is concerned, 300 pounds him beat stepping on him. So about what he feels on his ankles, what I was about feeling at the end of that game and not looking forward to the Monday one, but otherwise, otherwise it's been good. The playoffs so far, have had some pretty, pretty insane matchups with that uh, Brooklyn, Boston, one probably leading the, uh, leaving the charge as far as that's concerned
0: yeah that was wild tatum man tatum. <laughs> jason tatum uh you know dude's a future stud uh he, i mean he's a current stud, a current I, can't stud. Say, I can't even <laughs> say future but uh he's gonna eventually dethrone one of these, some of these people as they you know get older and retire and a perennial top five player for like the next 10 seasons in my opinion there's no doubt about it this dude can just do it all uh, and he's got that that killer that killer gene in him where he, he crunch time hits and it does not face him, my friend. So that was an awesome game. Uh, the, we saw this Bucks game where <laughs> the Bulls can't get out of their own way. Oh man, it's uh, it's been a wild first round so far, and, and maybe a couple upsets might happen in the in the near future. We're not going to talk about the the Heat game just because that would. <laughs> That was a steamroll, my friend. That's
1: (laughs) All the other games have heated up while that one was uh, about as ice as Trey can get.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just Miami, when they're clicking on all cylinders and they're all healthy and that we we really haven't seen a healthy Miami team for the better half of a month. But it was mostly because why why bother? They already knew where they were pretty much locked in. They wanted to rest some guys and. You know when they, all these guys are healthy, they're dangerous defensively. One of the best teams in the league. They have they have the offense that they need. They have the power off the bench with Tyler Hero. It's it's a good team. Uh, is it a complete team. We'll find out, but it's definitely a good team. But we have we have three different games to talk about. We can sit here and talk and recap the you know the four game Sunday, and I mean that would be a show in itself. Uh, but we got some games to talk about, my friend. But before we jump into anything, quick shout out to our presenting sponsor over at Thrive Fantasy. Guys, come prop up with us over there on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive is the number one daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props to Thrive. You eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. You choose 10 of 20 available player prop bets, build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and under based on how likely it is to hit. And then you hit the most points, rack up the most points, and then you win your share of a prize pool over there. So, When you sign up, make sure you use that promo code Ethos, that is E-T-H-O-S, and you receive a 100% instant first deposit match on up to $100. You can find Thrive in the App Store, Play Store, or by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. All right, Harris, we got Toronto Raptors. Sorry, man, I know it feels like it's a bit early to do this. Uh, Toronto Raptors traveling to Philly, taking on the Sixers. Scotty, Trent, Thad, they're all doubtful. Uh, it looks like everybody that matters on the Sixers is good to go. I'll let you start off with the Raptors, my friend. I mean, with these three guys out, who do you expect to step up?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, first and foremost, the usage is going to be very much separated between the top two of Siakam and Van Vliet. But <clears throat> where I'm really looking for the step up and where you know, one of the few shining lights in that first game, as far as I'm concerned, was OG Ananobi's return and how... Frankly, good he looked right off the bat in that first game. Dropped 32 DK points in that one. And he, in general, was going to be slated to be one of the top offensive options for the Raptors throughout the year. But his health just never really allowed him to be able to get to that consistent level that we we're expecting him to be able to do so. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that in this upcoming game against, uh, against Philly in the second one, they're going to really be looking to force feed him on the inside. He's probably their best bet of being able to bang down low alongside Siakam to try and get a little bit of foul trouble early. Cause we saw that's exactly what messed up the Raptors rhythm in the first game, Van Vliet getting two fouls in the first uh, minute really, and completely threw him off for the first half. And even though he shot pretty efficiently throughout, uh, he obviously was not able to get the counting stats that you would have otherwise wanted to see. So, In that sense, OG at 5,800, Van Vliet at 7,500 are just absolutely amazing options at their price tag to be able to go ahead and get locked in. Siakam at 92 is one of those where there's nothing absolutely wrong with that price tag. In fact, I probably like him a pretty decent amount, but he's kind of in that range where there's Couple of other studs. Like I could literally spend a hundred dollars more and get James Harden. I'd probably want to get James Harden in instead. And if I'm looking at the forward spot, you have Chris Boucher now, who's sitting at 4,400, could potentially be drawing the start now, depending on how things end up working out. Did, Did not have a great game in the first one. In fact, just looked a little out of rhythm, even though he was able to get his three shots to go. But six fouls in 15 minutes just was totally being dominated there. So you can expect to see some adjustments to try to get him a little bit more playing time, a little bit more space out in the open and just see if they can drag Embiid out of the paint and onto the three-point line and force them to defend Boucher. So I expect to see a lot of minutes coming to those four guys. And in terms of my um, in terms of my exposure, that's what I'll be looking at, starting from the OG side and Van Vliet and then looking at Boucher and Siakam. Yeah, I,
0: I'm kind of like right there with you. Siakam, I'm probably a little bit more off just because there's a lot of these 7 to 8K kind of range guys that I'll have a little bit of interest in where... You know, I gotta I gotta pick my poison, but I'm right there. I'm on OG. I'm on Van Vliet. I'm on Boucher, Um, and I also want to see kind of how the starting lineup looks like. Because I mean, we're talking about two starters that are gonna be out. So I mean, bottom line, I imagine they could do it two different ways. They're they're, no matter what, they're probably gonna slide Siakam down to the four and clear up that space at center for Boucher. That's one spot. But do do you think they play OG at two, Uh, and then go with a guy like? Wananabe, or do you think that, you know, it ends up being like a dual backcourt point guard thing? Does Flynn draw the start? That's kind of, I think, the big news that we need to really wait and see on. Um, I mean, you you know better than me with this team, so I want to ask you that question. Which route do you think they go?
1: See, I'm actually of the mind that I think they may still look to have cam uh, Birch end up coming to start now. I, they played him off the bench in the first one there, but I have a feeling that they might get him up there to try to get a little bit of physicality off the bat. Cause going small is, is not going to work here. They've seen it in the first game right there and be just absolutely dominating inside on the paint. They want to throw as many big bodies at him as early as possible. So I do see OG starting at the three and um, oh sorry, starting at the two, but it'll be the um, Siakam likely taking uh, the four and Boucher coming with the five and they could, Essentially, end up either having like this weird triple front court at the beginning, which we've seen Nurse do in a couple of a couple of these matchups when everyone is available, or as you said, we could be potentially seeing Malachi come off uh, to start as well. But that's, to me personally, less likely just given how kind of off he's been from an offensive standpoint. But hey, these are the kind of uh, adjustments that Nurse is famous for now.
0: Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that because obviously we're going to have some. You know, bargain barrel pricing uh, for those types yeah. of guys so we could be able to maybe slot one in for a value. But outside yeah. of that, I think we're pretty much on the same on the same page of, I guess, the the main three guys that we're targeting. Like I said, I'm a, probably a little bit more off the but I, don't, I wouldn't fault you one bit if you wanted to go that way. Uh, on the other side of the ball, we have Embiid coming in at 10-7, Harden coming in at 9-3, uh, Maxi coming off of an absolutely monster game, which, you know, you know me, man. I'll take it off the chin if he does it again. I'm not chasing <laughs> it. 6400 is a great price tag, but, I mean, the dude was just untouchable. Um, again, I just don't want to chase that. I think a lot of people on a three-game slate will look that way. And if he beats me twice in a row, I'll let it happen. I'm okay with that. But uh, I, I think Harden's probably the one guy that's, like, popping off the page for me as a guy that I can see myself having chairs of, and that's probably about it. And for everybody that knocks playoff Harden, uh, how he doesn't win, and this, this, and that. It's all true, but he does accrue tons of stats, which is all we care about for DFS and in and, and playoffs. So uh, I'm right there. I'm on Harden. I probably won't have him beat. I just always prefer to play Jokic over him if they're on the same slate, They've pin around the same price tag, and then $300 away on this one. So uh, it would probably just be Harden with me, and then I don't think I'm going to get cute. I think there's other games that we could target some cheap value.
1: Yeah, I agree. Harden's going to be the main one, and I could have a whole podcast just talking about me and harden and how much i have followed him in all things to not agree with the fact that he's not a winner but that's a whole different thing altogether but at 9300 absolutely he's right there for me uh, a lot of maxi's game happened because of the passes that harden was making to be able to get him into those spots so we could very well be seeing maxi get more of those shots but he's just never going to have that level of efficiency that we saw in that first game 14 of 21 overall just absolutely insane one i don't expect him to go there that being said If I'm looking between the two, I might actually have a little bit more interest in Tobias Harris, who, first of all, has done consistently well against the Toronto Raptors in other games on previous series as well, did well against them throughout the regular season as well. And it's just one of those guys able to really take advantage of that corner three as Harden causes the defense to collapse on him. So the fact that he can do that has a little bit more size to get a couple more ancillary stats. If I'm looking between Harden and, I'm sorry, between Maxi and Harris, I might actually be looking to get a little bit more Tobias Harris there as well with that power forward eligibility that he has.
0: All right. Well, oh, big mistake. We didn't mention the spread on that game. It's going to be two eighteen and a half. and uh, Sixers favored by six and a half points. So let's move on to the next one, though. We have the Utah Jazz traveling to Dallas, taking on the Mavs here. Uh, this game looks like right now it's coming in at a two hundred five and a half game total. Jazz are favored by five and a half. So this is the lowest game total on the slate. Uh, and then for the injury report, Luca is doubtful. Tim Hardaway and Frank Nittaglina both ruled out. And then for the Jazz, they are pretty much good to go outside of Trent Forrest uh, and Azabuki, which... is what it is with those guys. They've worked it in much run anyway with everybody healthy. So I will pass it over to you. Talk about the Jazz. Uh, It feels like some of these guys are a little too cheap.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Some of these price tags are definitely popping off the page. And that first game was ugly from a pure offensive standpoint. 99-93 game, both teams shooting just about 40% from the field. But what you got was Donovan Mitchell taking 29 field goal attempts en route to a 52 DK point night. And really, we've seen this Time and time again in the playoffs here, Donovan Mitchell just decides to go hero ball upon hero ball. If we're talking about guys that actually end up causing L's to happen, it's a lot of Donovan Mitchell. But for his price tag here, I'm all in on that. You know he's going to, yet again, be leading the team easily in field goal attempts, mid-20s. What we won't see again, in my opinion, is Rudy Gobert only getting one field goal attempt with everything else that played on. He still racked up 17 boards and three blocks in that game. Was still able to get to 31 DK points, but... I expect that he's going to get a little bit more involved on the offensive side here. He has the front court matchup on the other end to be able to go ahead and take advantage of. They just need to find him more in the post and get him that little bit more involved. So I'm right there on that. Uh, on the other hand, uh, in terms of all these ancillary pieces, it's Boyan Bogdanovich that I have been playing a little bit of. I did play him in that first night as well. It's, again, just knowing... When the playoffs happen, there's really just two to three areas in which Utah runs their offense through. It's either Donovan Mitchell it's or it's either going to be Boyan Bogdanovich. And really, if nothing else works out, then you see Mike Conley taking more of those shots rather than trying to get people involved. So I totally expect both him and uh, Donovan Mitchell to be in the mid-20s as far as field goal attempts are concerned and both in great spots to be able to absolutely smash their value. And it seemed to not be going as much with Jordan Clarkson at the moment. But I'd, I'd expect that as things go down, he'll likely uh, be someone who comes into play as well. Well said,
0: my friend. Yeah, I, I was I was all over Mitchell as well that first night. Uh, price tag-wise and everything else, like you said, he just he plays a lot of hero ball. Uh, that's a great way to put it. I mean, he just... It, I mean, we know he doesn't pass to Rudy Gobert, uh, according <laughs> to we already know that, but yep. one shot attempt. Uh, it's crazy. So yeah, I'm right there with you. I think it's a good bounce back spot for Rudy. Uh, everything else was there. All the dude needed to do was put up eight to ten actual points, and all of a sudden, he would have been one of the guys that were on the a winning lineup, but uh, it's gonna be tough for me to get to Rudy, just simply because we've already talked about like Mitchell. We talked about Harden. I think with these slates, you're looking at maybe two guys over 9K tops, um, or you can route, you know. But then if you do that, you're probably avoiding a lot of that good 6K value, like we'll get to on the other side, like the Dallas mm-hmm. uh, side of the ball. So you, it's really gonna come down to construction. I don't think he is a must play as far as construction is concerned, but. If you're avoiding you know let's say Jokic, or if you're avoiding Embiid, bead um there's no doubt about it he's like the only other center option outside of the toronto value which we already spoke about that you can choose from so uh that's kind of the route i'm taking though i'll have mitchell I'll have a little boy Donovich, and i don't love clarkson but if i land on him he's not a guy that i'm upset about just because we know that he could be lightning in a bottle uh at any point in time on the dallas side of the ball i'll keep it short and sweet here uh, it's gonna be dinwiddie for me at 6600 i just you know, we're getting a small discount compared to Brunson, but both these guys are going to lead the team in usage, shot attempts, everything else that comes with it. So I'm all over both those guys. Pick your poison. If you have the $600 and you can get to Brunson, sure, why not? Um, but you might end up needing that $600, in which case, you know, Dinwiddie, I think they're, they're both just fine options to go with in this spot. I'm not going to fault you either way. And Dwight Powell is still a little bit too expensive for my liking. Same thing with Reggie Bullock. I get it. Reggie Bullock is coming off of almost a 30 DK point game. Um, I, he did that in 44 minutes. And he did so on, you know, 50% shooting. So I'm probably not going to go that route. I think that when it's all said and done, I don't, I'll, I'll take that one off the chin if he beats me. Same thing pretty much with Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, he's, he's mostly he's going to be a defensive anchor for this team. He, you're not going to see him probably break that double-digit shot at that mark and be enough to kind of, you know, really pay off that salary. He can get to that 25 DK points and you'll break even there. You'll be happy with that. Don't get me wrong. but you know you really really depends on your contest i guess but i'm mostly a gpp guy so it's just gonna be brunson did and then i wouldn't ever mind a dart throw at maxi kleber who in the fourth quarter you know started knocking downs i think that's where he hit both of his shots pretty much for the most part uh two three pointers but nothing outside of the 10 and four normally a guy that will get you a block or a steal uh could even grab double digit rebounds here and there and he's going to be playing that mid 20 uh mid 20 minutes roll.
1: Yeah, fair enough, and I'm definitely in with you on Dinwiddie and, and uh, Brunson there, but I probably will have a little bit more exposure to Bullock just because of the minutes total that he is getting. Really, you know he's going to be putting up anywhere between you know, 8 to 10 threes uh, as far as the game's concerned, so even if he can hit 40% of those, he's in a pretty good spot, because just by being on the floor for 40-plus minutes, you'll likely end up getting 5 to 6 rebounds that he ended up getting otherwise, so it's a pretty safe floor for me as far as I'm concerned, but I could see why there's more upside options to be able to look into. All right, let's move on to the final game. Denver Nuggets traveling to
0: Golden State, taking on the Warriors. 224.5 game total, highest of the slate. Warriors favored by 6.5 points. Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. remain out. James Wiseman is out as well. I'll pass it over to you. Are you playing
1: Jokic? So the answer to that is it depends. Because I have a feeling, just based on some of the construction that I've been doing on, Jokic is coming up in a couple of my lineups, but I just like so many of these uh, mid-tier to 8,000 options that I honestly could see myself not having either Embiid or Jokic and just going with uh, the rest of these pieces over here, where I feel pretty good about the lineups that are coming there. That being said, Jokic obviously is... Likely to be in a good position where he'll be the highest raw DK point scorer on over here. Still was able to put up 54 in the first game despite the blowout in the end. And he's going to be needing to do everything that he possibly can to be able to try and keep uh, Denver afloat here. That being said, I am getting a lot more exposure to Will Barton in general. I mean, I've played him a lot throughout the season, plain and simple, just because I like his capability to be able to put up that lightning in a bottle, diverse stat line. But in that first game, he showed just how important he is going to be. It's not just about the 40 DK points you did throw out there, but plain and simple. He was that one outlet that Jokic could rely on, on any sort of consistent basis. And we're going to see a lot more of that because in general, even though you get guys like Monte Morris and Bones Highland able to put up, you know, decent numbers in the time that they get just to put up shots after shots. Will Barton's the other guy who can be a legitimate ball handler for you. So he's probably going to be the uh, other main guy that I am, uh, looking a lot on as far as their exposure is concerned and as always I just haven't taken much of Aaron Gordon I do expect him to have a bounce back game after that first one he's going to be important for uh, any chance that Denver has to try and steal a game here but at six thousand I'm probably happier uh, taking a boy Bogdanovich for three hundred dollars less and just go with Will Barton and maybe maybe a little bit of Monte Morris if things uh, happen to land on him well said. Those are the only three
0: guys I was going to mention. Jokic, um, I'll, I'll, I'm with you. I'm building multiple lineups. So uh, is he in my single entries? That has yet to be determined at this point. I kind of want to see what's going on with Toronto's value, if I have the value. Um, I'll play Jokic. Like you said, I, I'm right there with you. I expect to be the highest raw point score. I think that the game we just saw could very well be his lowest scoring game of the series. Bottom line, they there's <laughs> no secret. The offense is going to run through this guy. Uh, he didn't knock down a three in that one you know, assists six, pretty much down from his season average. So, like, I'm expecting a nice little bounce-back game. And it's it's funny saying bounce-back, considering the guy put up 55 DK points (laughs) almost. Uh, But this is a guy that routinely puts up 60 to 70 on a nightly basis. So I I will have some shares of Jokic. I just want to make sure I have the Toronto value to do so. Uh, But like you said, there's a lot of 6K to 7.5K even, you know, value where – Mibola Barton's a guy that we're going to want to have some shares of. We'll get to Draymond in a minute. We've already talked about the guys over there the Dallas backcourt. So you talked about Tobias Harris. You got to, you're got you going to have to make some choices. And a lot of that might come down to construction. So, But right there on those three guys. On the, the Golden State side of the ball, not playing Curry, not playing Poole, not playing Clay, not playing Wiggins. I think it's only going to be Draymond for me. Uh, don't mind taking a sprinkle of a guy like Otto Porter, just because this is the whole reason why they got out of quarters to get these 20 to 25 minutes of playoff time out of him. Um, you know, if they, if they get, if he gets hurt, they get, he gets hurt. I don't think, you know, that's something that they're too worried about when he's on a veteran minimum contract right now, where they just, this is what they were trying to keep him fresh for the entire season. Um, and not a guy that's ever going to go, you know, blowing the, the roof off. But that being said, if he plays 25 minutes, he's a very diverse player. So wouldn't mind taking a stab at him. And then I also don't mind looking back at the kavan Looney well, uh, just because, again, they're going to need some size out there to kind of deal with Jokic, bottom line. You know, he didn't do much in the first game. He only played 14 minutes. But that being said, if he gets an extra, I don't know, seven, six minutes, you're probably looking at 20 to 25 DK points. And if the game stayed a little closer, we might have saw that happen. But that's probably it for me. It's just going to be those guys. And, I, you know, only one I feel great about would
1: be Draymond. Yeah, no, Draymond was 100% in pretty much every lineup that I had. That uh, dart throw that I took on a guy I was hoping to be able to play more minutes was an Iguodala, who unfortunately only ended up playing 13 minutes in the first game and obviously didn't do all that well for his 3,200 price tag, but he's down to 3,100 again. I just have a feeling he's going to have to play 20-plus minutes at some point over here. May not be in this series, may not be required as much, but I said Otto Porter's doing a lot of that. So other than Draymond... Uh, I am kind of have an ear out just to hear what we have about Curry. Is he going to be back in the starting lineup? Is his restrictions going to be removed? He only played about 20-something minutes in that first game, but let's uh, let's end up seeing what that ends up being, because obviously at 9,100, if he's going to be playing without restrictions, he definitely is going to be in at least some of my lineups just for that Curry explosion game, but by and large, it's going to be Draymond, and that's that.
0: All right, my friend, let's go to our player tier segment, where we talk about our top plays in each
1: you know, category. So I'll I'll let you start. Give me your top spend up. Yeah, man. The top spend up is going to be right in that Toronto Philly game with Harden at 9,300. So it's just, first of all, anytime Harden's below 10,000 is just egregious to me it doesn't make any sense and we saw exactly why in that first game even though he didn't necessarily have the greatest of shooting nights still put up four threes and of course his assists are going to be there because the rest of this offense is all starting and ending with him over there so for him to not put up 50 in any of these games as far as the series is concerned is going to be shocking to me and any his salary is at this point just lock him in and enjoy that return
0: big return i'm with you on hard and i'm going to be all over Harden as well uh, Jokic feels like the easy answer, so we'll go with someone else. I think everybody already knows that Jokic is a fantastic play, so I'll go with Donovan Mitchell, at eighty-three. That's still probably like seven hundred dollars too cheap for playoff Donovan Mitchell if he's going to be playing close to forty minutes in, or more and taking twenty-five plus shot attempts. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't need to even shoot forty percent to pay off that price tag if he's going to be shooting that much because he's also going to get to the line a few times a game. So, uh, I like him. And then for your mid-tier play, this is where it gets tough because we only have about 1,500 juice from.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's just so many good options here that it's all about who can be the highest as far as their point per value is concerned. And really, to me, that's, that's Fred Van Vliet. At 7,500, he's the one guy that can legitimately of those middle guys drop anywhere between 50 to 60 on a good night so for me in these kind of playoff scenarios you're looking at that i was between him and og but i expect fred to have a big game with everyone else sitting out over here really trying his hardest to try and steal one game. I don't know how it's gonna happen, but he's gonna be the one to have to go off to do it. So at seventy five hundred, lock it in. He should be able to get at least five point five X for his current price.
0: I'm gonna go right back to the well with Draymond. I, I think this is when I did the the show uh Saturday morning to I think this were my exact plays. It was Mitchell, it was Draymond. The value play may end up being the same as well. Um, uh, just because now I feel a little bit more comfortable about it. Uh, but I'll let you start off with the value.
1: And I feel like uh, if I'm just sticking with that one game the whole time, I haven't played the rest. But I and mean, Boucher is the easy answer over here. I expect him to be able to get his minutes up into the uh, into the high 20s as far as uh, this matchup is concerned. Like in general, he's had a great go of it as far as Philly's concerned. He put up his career highs earlier in the season as well, and I expect that Nurse is going to be making those adjustments to keep him on the floor longer, not have him in the post against uh, against Joel Embiid. So if he can get to his Minutes total that they would be expecting hit. I can easily see a thirty-plus DK point game here for him. Yep, that would have been mine, but um,
0: no repeats. So I think I'd go with Malachi if we see he's drawing the start. Luckily, it's the first game of the night, so we'll have that news. So keep your eye on that. Again, I, I don't. No one knows, but Nick Nurse on what that starting lineup's going to be at this point. Maybe they run a three big rotation, like you said. In which case, I'd probably. I'd be I'd be skeptical on playing Birch. Just mm-hmm. being all honest, just because I think at his price tag, he can easily pay it off. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But I think it would be one of those situations where he's not going to be playing 35 minutes as a starter. Uh, it would be you know going small as soon as he gets off the court, and then you know throwing Malachi on there. So I think both those guys are good value choices and value options, depending on which one of them starts. So I guess I'll take the cop out and say both of them Um, just because we don't know yet. Just it's something to keep your eye out and monitor. So make sure you're doing that. And that is that is it, my friend. We'll just wrap it up here. I know that, you know, it's been a doozy of a week. Playoff started, you know, I know you've uh, you must be shedding some tears after watching three of your guys go down. I just flew back into the state not too long ago. So I'm trying to catch up on a million things now that I'm back. Uh, and also to all those who celebrate it, happy Easter to you. Um, I did not celebrate this year. I kind of just was trying to, uh, get my life in order, trying to figure out this move, man. It's going to be, it's going to be, a, it's going to be pressing. Mm. I, I got about less than 30 days to, to kind of get all my stuff together and get out there. So, uh, but that is it for me here. So I don't know if there's anything else you want to leave us with, um, uh, before we get out of here. Uh, no, other than the Thrive Fantasy picks, which
1: I have all loaded up on here. So oh, I'll just go me, ahead and start you with go, that. Yeah, you go give yeah. two then. You give two, give one
0: for me, because I'm going to be an honest feller and say I did not research tonight on uh, the no Thrive worries. Fantasy picks. So I'll let you give two, give one for me.
1: I gotcha. Well, first and foremost, it's going to be the easy one on the over 100 with Donovan Mitchell 31 and a half on his points and assists. Just with how involved he's going to be on the offensive end, just chucking after chucking, he could easily break that just on the points itself. So very confident about that one. And then the other one, which is frankly an easy under, and it's not like I usually give the uh, sexy choices here, but Steph Curry, 30 and a half points. I don't understand how they put that much. I doubt he's going to play even that much, but under for 90 points there. Yeah, go ahead and lock that in as well.
0: Perfect, my friend. I appreciate you picking up my slack. Uh, You always do. You always do. So guys, give us a follow on Twitter at MikeApatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. You can find Harris at H-A-K underscore devil. That is H-A-K underscore D-E-V-I-L. And give us a thumbs up, five-star rate and review, wherever you are listening. I know a lot of people are in the DFS community are switching gears over to baseball. Switching. Um, but we're still here. We're focused on the NBA. This is our niche. This is where we live. Now, Harris, is there anything else you'd like to say before we get on out of here?
1: No, no, that's all. Just uh, hope everyone's enjoying the playoffs so far. Hope everyone's keeping safe. And for me and myself, hoping to get back to Scotiabank Arena on the Wednesday. So I will... I don't know if I'll necessarily be on the on the pod that night, but if not, uh, hopefully I can come back with uh, some better news on that one as far as our series is concerned.
0: Well, this indeed takes out like three more players. It can't get much worse, so <laughs> oh uh, no worries, my friend. And no worries. I hope you enjoy that game, but that is all from us, guys. Thank you for listening. Take care, and let's go win some tournaments.